She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. And she had an interesting question. Yeah, she, she, I was like, what's your question? And she said, what defines a power couple? And I think it's when, uh, I think it's when you have energy just shooting out of your fingertips. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I think that's wrong. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Is this acronym calling me stupid or is it saying to keep it keep it simple, comma, keep it stupid? Uh, I think it's calling me stupid. I think it's stupid. calling me stupid. But yeah. if you'd like, if, if this is offensive to you, uh, then you can change it to keep it simple, sweetie. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another good example of this is I ate three quarters of a pineapple yesterday and my belly is still hurting this morning. This is my ally telling me stop being a fucking dumbass and eat three quarters of a pineapple. (laughs) Alistair, I think we have something special. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Oh my god, what? We have a new review. Yes! Happy holidays, indeed. Sorry, this is the holidays right now. <laughs> this, this comes from our friend, Debbie. Yeah. Uh, she runs a podcast called... Gap Year for Grown Ups. And she's a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a lovely five-star review. Oh, yes. This is what she said. I love, 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 all capitals, <laughs> this podcast. Aww. Two Gen Wires, a newly married couple who are living an alternative, creative life, continually question what that really means. They recently moved from a caravan in remote southwest France to the shores of Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. We get to listen in as they reflect on their continuing adventure. Love the dynamic between the two of them. Oh, oh it's so nice to start a morning of recording with a new review. Thank you so much, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. Bienvenue, madame. Bienvenue, monsieur. This is a brand new episode. I forgot to say that. I usually say that. Hi, welcome. Today, we are wrapping up our Money Mantra series, which we're super excited about. Yeah, it's uh, the five money mantras for the new year, and we're going to hit the final three of those money mantras. Stick around. It's a cool conversation. We talk about all kind of stuff around money, and uh, if you're interested in changing your money situation this year just yeah. We're reimagining your relationship with money too yes that's a good way to say it yeah let's get into it let's get into it oh, good morning good morning good morning Woo! hi alistair hello everyone hello hello it's good to have you all here okay yes it is we're recording from <laughs> guatemala <laughs> and Today, we have some exciting news. We launched a Patreon page recently. Yes. And we've, we got our first couple patrons. Yes. It's so exciting. It is pretty amazing. <sighs> and one of the things, one of the offers, one of the tiers, I think it's in our Explorer tier, uh-huh. is uh, if you sign up, you get to ask us a question and we'll answer it on the podcast. Yes. And our patron, we should say, the first one, uh, which we'll reveal today is actually Debbie, who yes. left us the review. Yes. Oh, it's like, how crazy, like, it's amazing that we have these people listening that leave us reviews and then become our patrons. I love it. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, Debbie, thank you so much. This is your official shout-out as a patron. Welcome to the team. Feels really good. Yes, and thank you for being here. Yeah. And she had an interesting question. Yeah, She. She. I was like, what's your question? And she said, what defines a power couple and i think it's when uh i think it's when you have energy just shooting out of your fingertips Ah! 
<laughs> I think that's wrong. I don't. <laughs> no, I think a power couple is like Michelle Obama and Barack Obama. You know, that's what we're like, aiming for. That's well, that's a pretty high bar. I don't Jesus. Know. <laughs> the question, the, the reason why she's asking this question is because this is on our Instagram thing that I, I said I wrote like on our way to power coupleism. Yeah, I think no, I think realistically, I think a power couple is two people in a committed relationship that both express their genius in the world, that they're like following their own path, their own uh, passion, and their calling. And that they support each other in that and that they both have like a cool realm of influence together and also separately. I like that. I think there's two kinds of power couples I think of. That one is the the the, the couple Kevin Spacey from House of Cards and uh, his his wife. Yeah. That's like the dark side of yeah. the power couple. Like that that's influence and power. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's definitely a power couple of some sort. Uh, not the one we're going for. Yeah. But impressive nonetheless. <laughs> I think another type of power couple is a couple that helps. And and I think this is part of like, you know, I almost think of Joseph Campbell's sacred marriage, this idea of like, it's a couple that helps each other realize their power. That's and, a good way to say yeah, it. Yeah. And I, and I think that can happen in a lot of ways. Some of them are unconscious. Like you meet that person and you become a better person and it's not so... It's just, it's kind of a, ma- it's that kind of magical connection. But then I think there's also conscious ways where... Uh, a power couple helps the other person realize his or her power. Yeah. I think uh, just to sum it up, because I have another image is like Beyonce and Jay-Z. Good God. Yeah. Well, these are well, these are tough. Like, dude, not, like, we don't have to be at the same okay, level okay, as them. I don't even want to. God, that yeah. sounds terrible. That, that is a power couple. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Just an example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the question, Debbie. Yeah. And thank, thank you, you for su- your support. We yeah. appreciate it so oh much. Oh, my God. By yes. the way, I want to say what is on Patreon right now. So mm-hmm. if you sign up at any level and the lowest level is $3, which is less than a dollar a podcast. Yeah. That's less than a dollar for an hour. Anyway, <laughs> uh, just trying to bring it home. Yeah. We did a video on how we structure our days as digital nomads, but it's really how we structure our days as people living a fairly independent life when mm-hmm. you don't have so much outside structure and you're trying to kind of wage war against the chaos. And we wrote what we thought was going to be a small PDF, like kind of handout, handout, like just a flyer. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like you know, turned about, into an ebook. Yeah, turned into a solid ebook. <laughs> it's like three thousand words or something, and it took us way longer than I, I, I wrote most of it, and then you illustrated a lot of it. It turned out really great, but it yeah. turned out to be a really big project. So yeah, but we're really there. proud of that. And like, if you sign up at the three dollar level minimum, you get access to that. And there's uh, all sorts and every, of tips. Tr- tricks and hacks for for kind of managing your energy and structuring your day yeah and stay tuned because later in this episode we tell you what the next goodie is gonna be for this month of january yeah that is true all right well what are we talking about today then? okay well we're going to continue our conversation from last time about the five money mantras oh, yeah. for the new year mm-hmm. these are five ways of thinking about money that i think if you adopt them they will help you in the new year and you will have a healthier relationship to money and it will become a tool that helps you get where you want instead of preventing you from reaching your goals. Mm -hmm. So the first mantra is you're meant for something greater. You're preparing for something later. And the second mantra is where your attention goes. That's what grows. Yeah. And you can listen to everything that we shared about this on our previous episode, which will be linked in the show notes at thefaroutpodcast.com. I'm glad you mentioned that. We so often forget. We so often forget. Yeah. And these five mantras, if you're new here, come from my uh, financial coaching program. It's a five-week session. And each one of these mantras is a theme for the work we do in that particular session. Mm-hmm. And it's all about building, well, it's about exploring our money stories, but it's also about building a practical system for managing money that helps you actually realize your dreams and goals. So the third mantra. The one we're starting with today. Drum roll, please. Keep it simple, stupid. Or KISS, as uh, our consultant friends might know. If you're a consultant, you probably know K-I-S-S. It's a pretty common acronym in the mm. consulting world. 
keep it simple, stupid. Uh, it has a lot of relevance when we're managing money. I always wonder about this, and this is completely weird, but is this acronym calling me stupid, or is it saying to keep it keep it simple, comma, keep it stupid? Uh, I think it's calling me stupid. I think it's stupid. calling me stupid, but yes. if you'd like, if, if this is offensive to you, uh, then you can change it to keep it simple, sweetie. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I like that. All right, now you're okay. Yeah, now like you're on board. All right, so everyone that needs to do that, go ahead. Keep a simple sweetie. Uh, <laughs> but but so, so here's the idea. People think money is complicated. It's not. It's really not very complicated. And it's really basic. You have your income and you have your outflow. Like you, you have your expenses and you have your, your income. There's two sides of the equation. Yeah. And, and I think people... You know, what I see people do is they try to, you know, they have their fancy pie charts. They got their their artic- like their budgets that are all ready to go. And, and they work all the numbers mm. in a way to avoid doing what actually has to do, which is you either need to you either need to earn more yeah. or spend less. Mm. That's it. That's I mean, OK, money gets a little bit more complicated when you have some money. But in the beginning, that's what it is. Yeah. And really throughout like your your career with money that's going to be the most important parts there are other aspects but these are the most important parts and it's that simple and you can't do a bunch of number wizardry to get around this mm. you have to increase your income or lower your expenses yeah so in our program we focus on the one that is usually more in our control in the immediate now which is lowering our expenses. Mm. This is also one that we tend to have more control over throughout our life. So if we build solid habits here, uh, they can have a lot of effect and they can be powerful for us even right now when we're not making much and even and later, particularly if you're not making very much, this is a great time to institute these yeah. because then later when you are, you're going to make the most of it and you're really going to capture it. And that is something that I think a lot of people don't do. They make a lot of money, so they don't think they need to think about it. But then there comes a time in their life where that changes and they realize they have pretty rotten habits underneath Mm. and it gets them in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So part of thinking about this simply is to think about there's basically three buckets that that you're working to fill. So we'll just go through them really quickly. There's the freedom bucket. This is the first bucket. This is the lowest bucket. And this is usually, uh, this is going to be the first one you fill. And this is debt. If you have obligations, you want to get out of those. Mm. Particularly if it's credit card debt. Of course, there's mortgages and some stuff that's more long-term where you're kind of strategically leveraged. Okay, but we're talking about mainly student debt, credit card debt, car loans, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because as long as you have those, you're not free. You can't really quit your job, right? Mm. Like you you have limited options. Uh, a good example, I just came across this yesterday. I was reading about a, a scandal at a, 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 one of those venture-backed kind of um, startups that's like worth, they're worth like $1.4 billion And a big story came out about how toxic the environment is. And, um, nice. and uh, the guy was making a point who was writing about it, how, you know, what happens is you have a bunch of Ivy League grads that are just leveraged up to the eyeballs in in student debt. Yeah, and they and and you go to a company like this, and the company knows you got nowhere to go. They can treat you like shit because you need the money. Mm-hmm. You need it bad. You don't want to be in a position like that. And if you are in a position like that. You want to get out of it as fast as you can. Yeah. So that's the freedom bucket. The yeah. second bucket is the equanimity bucket. This is what we would call a safety net. It can be of different lengths. I usually think of it, I, I'd like to get to, to a six-month safety safety net, but mm-hmm. we'd start by aiming for a three-month. Yeah. Uh, and this is basically the amount of money you need for nothing to change if you lost your job or you or it's also like a padding so that if something out of the blue comes up you don't all of a sudden have to take out a high interest loan just to just to keep going yeah, right like yeah. this is your padding this is going to give you some equanimity because if you don't have this and something happens you lose your job or you have a massive medical bill or something like that it can set you back in a massive way mm. and we basically want to give you some time to solve problems that come up instead of your life being immediately affected when something happens, which is really kind of inefficient and, and not, it, it, it's going to set you back 
in the, in the, in the long term. So we want you to have some, some room to give yourself time to solve the problems in your life. Mm. This is a safety net. So the third one is op- the opportunity bucket. This is your investments. It's what I like to call runway. Uh, it, that's a business term for basically, you know, if you have a new venture that's not really making money yet, your runway is how long you can keep working on that venture before you go pretty much out of business. Yeah. How long can you keep doing this before you have to be profitable, right? Yeah. And uh, so that's what runway is. The run- runway is like giving our dreams a chance to take flight. That's the way I think about it. How much runway do you have? Can you start that business? And how long can you give yourself to figure out the challenges that are inevitably going to come up when you do? Mm. Or how long can you go just travel? Can you, can you go do that, that yachting trip across the Mediterranean or, or that trekking trip in Nepal or yeah. whatever? And how long can you quit your job and can you really go do that? Mm. Um, or it could be a lot of other things too. How do you advise? Well, I guess this is like a case. This is like a, an individual decision and you have to see where people are at, but how do you advise people actually fill those buckets? Like obviously to get out of debt is like really important, but do you also, as you're putting away for your reimbursing your debt, are you also putting away in your safety yeah. net? Like how a lot of people that? ask that question and they want to know what's the best way to do it. Yeah. So it's totally going to depend on your life situation. Mm-hmm. And we work through that. Yeah. I Priority is debt because you're paying money on that. Yeah. But If, if you're paying all your money to your debt and you don't have a safety net, that can create a lot of anxiety in your life and uncertainty. That's not worth it. That's not worth, to some degree, we, we have to explore this and figure it out. But for a lot of people, they find, you know what, I would like some breathing room. I don't want to feel like I'm constantly on the edge, even though that would be the fastest way to pay my debt back and would make most sense in the numbers game. Because this is part of the problem with money is that if you don't do something that's sustainable or you do something that's really pushing you mentally and emotionally, you're not going to stick with it. Mm. And that's not a really great way to live a life. If you're $50,000 in debt, you're not getting out of debt this year, most likely. Yeah. Most likely, depending on your job and stuff. Perhaps you can. But You're probably not. So you need to think about it long term because you need to take care of your mental health and your physical health. So you have to come up with a plan that honors that as well. Mm. And so it's usually a spread of all three. Typically, if you're in a lot of debt, we're not even looking at the opportunity bucket because we just want to get you free. Yeah. Because that's your biggest opportunity It's just having the freedom to make your own choices without thinking about how you're going to pay your loans. Yeah. So the opportunity bucket, for the most part, gets put to the side. Also because debt is someone else's business model. Mm. You are funding someone else's business. So if you're in debt, the fastest way to make money kind of is to pay the debt because you're paying higher interest rates on that debt most likely than you're going to earn in investments. And or it's much more certain the return you're going to get yeah. for the money you pay against debt. So it's a safer deal and it's a smarter deal to go for that than try to like Try to make more money in your investments to pay off your debt. That's pretty risky, and and I wouldn't recommend it. So okay, okay. So keep it simple, stupid. Let's come back to this mantra for a second. So I think for a lot of people, money just kind of floats around, and or, or like they don't have a system that they're thinking about. They don't have a methodical way that they've kind of programmed their intentions, their goals, their dreams. Yeah into an actual plan of action that's going to help them get there. So so they have like these thoughts, but and this creates a lot of discord, right? Because you you know where you'd like to go, perhaps. That's always hard to even figure out sometimes. If you're buried in debt, it's hard for you to imagine. Mm. Uh, and some people want it that way because then you're going to stay in those jobs. And yeah. you're like, that's a form of control. I'm not saying everyone's like that, but it's definitely, I think, on a societal level, how we control our youth. We put them in a lot of debt. Yeah. I, I just, I have to just say why maybe like I'm I'm a little silent or something. It's just like, this is giving me so much to think about. And this is like also... Uh, so fucked up. This, so this is an American problem. I mean, okay, yeah, so- like I heard you describe the bucket for the safety net and like the whole like if you use if you lose your job, then at least you're safe. Or if you uh, have a medical bill, nah. and I'm like, God, there's reasons to have a safety net in Europe too, in France, you know, like there. But, but those have, are not the reasons. But you to have get a, a social safety, safety net, net yeah, that yeah. we don't have in yeah, America. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, just it's for it's, me like there's a fundamental 
point I noticed there's a fundamental thing in my head where I'm like, what he's saying makes no sense. Like I have no way to, I have no experiences like this. So I can't really access that and and understand. I think that's really interesting. And I'm glad you shared that because like, I think us Americans need to wake up a little bit and realize that this is how the rest of the world sees our financial system yeah. as as just bonkers. Bonkers. It's crazy. And it's really it's like unhealthy. Like a house of cards. You and, know? and I know we have listeners in a lot of different parts of the world. And it's unless you're in America, you may not understand this mentality. For It is a little cutthroat. It is a little like, you really got to get on top of this, buddy, because we don't really have a lot. Behind, like, and this is one of the societal issues we're facing. And I think this is why Americans run like hell. Yeah. Because they have this feeling that the ice is thin. And if that something happens, and so many Americans are, are just like, just getting by. Mm. And they just have this feeling that if something happens, if they get sick, a family member that, that needs money, they're going to go under. Yeah. And they might not get out. And we see those stories all over the place in America. Yeah. People are getting left behind. I mean, I, I, in no means I'm implying that this is not happening, that there is not problems or poverty or in France, but it's like... It seems to have reached get, a new extreme in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Or a particular it's, signature in the U.S. that I, I even I don't really see in, yeah. in my travels in other places. Of course, you can get in this trouble anywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah. It happens to people anywhere. But it does seem to have a, an American nature to it. and I And I think... It's why, part of the reason, why we're so damn anxious in the U.S. and why none of us feel like we can rest or that we can stop. Because we have this kind of feeling that something dark and kind of nasty and hairy is chasing us. Yeah. And if like, I think a a good, uh, and then we'll close this parenthesis, but like, if you don't understand this, just as a foreigner or even as an American, you can just go and try to get a quote for travel insurance and... If you travel to the U.S. or to Canada, I think, not even, well, the U.S. for sure, you're going to pay like twice as much because because it's always, even as a foreigner, it costs much to, to get like it, treated in the U.S. than anywhere else in the world, literally anywhere else in the world. That's kind of it's nuts. crazy. It's crazy. And I think there's three common ways that people go into debt and the, and the, thing to think about this is you might not be in debt yet, but if you're treading the water, if you're never getting ahead, and I think this is what we've kind of really like absorbed, but if you're treading the water, you're never getting ahead, you're one crisis away from being in debt. And people just go down and they get buried. Mm. And you could be doing okay and you're just like skimming across, skimming across, something happens and 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 you're not prepared for it and you can never recover. Yeah. And and it happens in three it happens in more than three ways, but there's three big ways I think I see this happening. School debt, school debt. We put people in debt from a very early age and sometimes they never get out of it. So that's the first one. The second one is consumer debt. We give everyone credit cards by the, before, they're, before they can drink. Yeah. And then uh, we say, hey, go have a field day. You know? And then we have all this kind of toxic advertising mm. and marketing happening everywhere. So if everyone's trying to Everyone's projecting a certain image, or it's very hard to fight that. I I find still coming back into America that that's really challenging. Like, you just get bombarded with all these messages about what you don't have and what you need and and all that. And I I hate it. I I really don't like it. So that's the second one is consumer debt. And I think we're all kind of brainwashed into this consumer society. There's people that want you to be consumers Mm. because it helps them. And you, you know what they do? They call you consumers. Yeah. That's, they treat you like them. Yeah. And you yeah. have to decide you're not a consumer. So that's the second one. The third one is medical debt. We have a broken medical system. And if you are unfortunate and, and you, <laughs> you can do everything else right and just get fucked yeah. on this one. Because we have such a broken system that if you end up in the halls of the medical system uh, and, and you have something particular or some maybe something mysterious and unconfined that's just wrecking your life you can be in a lot of trouble and especially if you don't have the insurance to cover it and so many of us don't right like it that that's a whole nother thing so those are three ways that people often end up in debt even people that manage their finances all right yeah to some degree i feel like it's almost a roulette wheel and if you just get picked you might go down you know Uh, but you can definitely avoid the consumer debt 
And to some extent, if you're if you're paying attention to this and you're young, you can avoid the uh, education debt. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So system. So we need to build a system, and we need it to be simple because it just it needs to not take a lot of energy and time, or else you're not going to do it. And we're looking for the twenty percent. That's going to give us the 80% results. Yeah. That's the Pareto principle. It's Occam's razor. Mm. And it's it's out there. I know because I've done it in my own life and I've seen other people who've implemented this and do it in their own life. It does not take you very long to manage your finances. They're just numbers and it's fairly simple yeah. if you have a way of thinking about it. So we want to design a system that is going to keep your value. Like we're going to program your values into it or what you want. And then we're going to... Basically, we want a system that's going to keep you top of mind and and kind of uh, work for your goals, even when you're not, so that you feel like you have a system that you can trust. So we want to make, we we want to basically do the opposite of American society. Mm. We want to make spending hard instead of easy. Yeah. We want to make we want to make saving easy instead of hard. And going with this, we want to make spending more conscious. One of the worst one of the one of the problems in our culture particularly is we all have credit cards. And if you want with a credit card, it's very easy to never look at what you spent, right? If you have cash in your hand, and this is a tip a lot of financial gurus will say is like, go pay for everything with cash, because then you're going to feel cold, hard cash leaving your hands. And you're going to connect that more with the transaction you're making. It's Mm. going to be a little bit more real because I, I know this has happened for me and I'm pretty sure it's happened for everyone. You swipe that card, you don't even look at the total. Uh, and so you never really register what you're spending on yeah. things. We, I, I, as a, as someone who doesn't have credit cards, it's always amazing and kind of baffling to me that you can just swipe it. You don't even have to do a code. You don't even have to do a pin. No, they want to make it as easy as possible. It's so easy. It's yeah. so easy yeah. to so, spend. So magnificent. And, and then you don't ever have to look at your balance, yeah. right? It can just build up yeah, and yeah. you can even not even pay it. You yeah. know, and it'll build up. And that links to the mantra we're going to talk Yeah, later. Yeah, so, so. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But we want to change this system. We want to make con- spending more conscious. We want to make saving less conscious. We want to make saving your default. Yeah. So right now, the default for most people is money goes into a checking account and then they spend it. And then maybe they push the button to transfer and save some of that money. And usually that requires willpower. Yeah. We want to take willpower out of the equation entirely. This system does not require willpower. This system uses simple processes that affect behavior. Because if it does not affect behavior, it doesn't, it, it's not, it's worthless. Yeah. Because what we're trying to do, and we talked about this a little last time, is this is a lifestyle intervention. Mm. We're talking about changing our habits. So we need processes and a system that actually changes our behavior. And this is the thing everyone is trying to avoid when they do their money. They want to have what they have and they just want their money situation to be different. And they're not willing to really connect that those two are always, those are always connected. I just, I find this really, really uh, fascinating, the whole willpower thing. Because when we started going out, I think you mentioned to me, like they've done studies that there's only so much decisions that we can make in a day before we're unable to make proper decision. And that number is actually quite small. And that like, I started noticing that everything you were doing in your life had to do with, okay, how do I make sure that I have to use my decision-making power and my willpower the least and like building systems everywhere, like, like a crazy person. And, but it seems to work really well. And you think about pretty much everything that way. And I've adopted a lot of those habits myself. And it's pretty, pretty cool. Some of these are hard decisions to make. So I only want to make them once. Yeah. Right. And then I want a system that just, it's like, okay, unless I change it consciously, that's the decision I'm going to make every time. Mm -hmm. That's the way that's because then I can focus my energy on other things. Yeah. So that's what we do in the program. We work to build that system. It's an all-inclusive system. It's based on what we've already explored about like what their values are, what their dreams are, and what their current situation is. We've done those two things already. And now we're going to build a system that is going to take those into account and have their best interests at heart, even when they falter because they are human beings and because sometimes they don't have the willpower. because. Yeah. And that's one of the things is if your system relies on willpower, whatever it is, 
you are probably going to have major setbacks when you don't have any willpower back. You, you know, it's like when you eat a, a whole box of cookies. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. You, you're doing okay, you're doing okay, but it's all, all these choices are making, like, maybe the whole day leading up to that, you made all these small choices, right? And they all took willpower. Then at the end of the day, you had none left, and you just binged on a box of cookies, and you went the other direction yeah. in, in total. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what we're trying to avoid. Well, I think the best way to avoid this, and people tell you this all the time, especially in, like, you know, changing your lifestyle around food, especially, is don't have the box of cookies. Yes. Because if you have it, then then you rely on willpower. And God knows at the end of a shitty day, if I know I have the box of cookies, I'm going to have the box of cookies. Yes. And that's a great segue into the last part of this keep it simple, stupid mantra, yeah. which is designing. We're going to also structure your accounts in a way that money that money you have is not visible. It's not available for you to spend. Yeah. This is the way it works best for me. If I don't want to eat something... I don't want it in the house mm -hmm. at all because as soon as it's in the house, my discipline breaks down. Mm -hmm. I am a very disciplined person and being able to make those decisions at the grocery market, which is not when I want them usually. Yeah. So I can make better rational decisions. But if it's at home, that weak moment when I want it, I'm going to have it. And there's nothing that's going to stop me. I, yeah. I, I do it kind of habitually, unconsciously. And the same thing goes for our, our accounts. We can do very simple things to put our money in places that match our buckets and also that go with this idea of making things harder to do. So we're going to put a couple layers of resistance between you and your savings account. Yeah. So for example, one trick I actually do and I recommend sometimes is hide your savings account password. Like put it somewhere, but like, so first off, don't remember it right on your online banking, mm. write it down and then put it in a locked file cabinet in your room, right? Mm -hmm. So you know it's there. It's not like you've actually hidden it from yourself. So now if you want to get money out of your savings, not only can you not only do you need to transfer it from a savings account and so many people just have a checkings account, so it's all there. It's all uh, just in one place. Okay. And then you have no way to measure your savings account, so you have no idea of progress. It just feels like a big blob. Yeah. So that's not very useful on its own because um what's what gets measured gets managed. Yeah. And if you can't measure it, you're not going to manage it. But if you have it physically, you have to do a physical action. We're all lazy people. You can use the law of inertia to your advantage here. We're lazy and we, we go for the path of least resistance. If you have to get a key, unlock your cabinet, get the password, go onto your bank account, then transfer the money, wait hopefully two or three days for the money to come in, there's so many things you're not going to buy. Yeah. Just because that's such a that's such a big yeah. effort. Yeah. And you know you're doing this on purpose because you know that the savings account is more important to you than those new pair of shoes. Mm. The fourth mantra is more pain, more gain. And it's the fourth one because I want to get people into this before we before we really work on this because yeah. this one gets a little painful. That's uh, the point. That is the point. Yeah. And I think one thing that we talk about when we work on this is pain is your ally. If you touch a hot pan, right, mm. pain tells you you should take your finger off the pan or else you're going you're yes. to burn your finger, right? Yes. So pain is a response that actually is helpful. So we actually want it can be a really great ally in helping us change our behavior. Another good example of this is I ate three quarters of a pineapple yesterday and my belly is still hurting this morning. This is my ally telling me, stop being a fucking dumbass and eat three quarters <laughs> of a pineapple. It's the second time I've done this in a month and I can't seem to learn. It's so good. The pineapple is so good. But the great thing is like, this isn't, a, this, you don't have to logically figure this out ups, upstairs. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, because if you do that and you can, if you associate the pain with the habit, yeah. you're going to stop doing it over time. Yeah. And this is why like food journals are really helpful because if you can pinpoint where pain is coming from or, or negative effects in your body and how they're related to your diet, that's one of the most motivating ways to actually change your diet. So there's a great example of a concept that I think is related to the more pain, more gain thing. And it comes from thinking in systems, mm -hmm. a primer. This is a book written by Donella Meadows. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Donella Meadows. Mm -hmm. And she shares a case study from a Dutch housing development back in the 1970s. 
It's a suburb of single-family houses, and they're all the same. Very similar families, except there's only one difference. In some of the houses, the electricity meter uh, for the house was installed in the basement, and in some, it was installed in the kitchen. The Dutch, because of the oil embargo and, and things going on in the 1970s, got a lot more interested in energy usage. And they looked, uh, they, they did this case study looking at, because there was something very interesting about this suburb, is that a third, uh, or sorry, some of the families, although they were similar, and although the, the energy costs were the same for all the families, were spending up to a third less in energy mm. than the other houses, and they didn't know why. And so they looked into this, and they realized that it was it, it was correlated, it, it was because, actually, of where the meter was. Mm. For those houses where the meter was in the basement, they used more energy. And for those houses where it was visible in the kitchen, they used less. Yeah. Pretty obvious, right? Yeah, yeah. But... This is how it works. I mean, we, if we bring our awareness to our energy usage, we will manage it better. Right? Mm. And, and so the way we implement this into the system is we do, this is part of what I call uh, our monthly check-in. And this is, it takes a few hours in total every month. And we just bring our attention to our energy usage. We bring the meter out of the basement. For so many people, that's where it is. And the basement would even be like an upgrade. At least it would be in the house. Uh, and we bring it up to the kitchen. So what does, it, what does that actually look like with money? So what it actually looks like is we go item by item through all their expenses. All of them. Every expense for the month. Item by item. We look at the amount. We look at what it's for. And... At first, I do this, but later on, I do this with the, the client, but later on, they're going to do it on their own. Mm -hmm. uh, and something magical happens. <laughs> almost, it's almost every time before we even start, which is that they've saved money because they know they're going to do this with me. Uh. So, and this is, the, this is the magic of this, is that, oh, and this is why it's good to work with me in the beginning on this, but they start to think about The fact that later on, they're going to have to look at these decisions they made again. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, they're going to look at them with someone else. And that changes the decisions they make. Yeah, That's really powerful. So by the time we even get to this point, they've often saved a lot of money just because it's front of mind when they make the decision. Yeah, I mean, if you know that you're going to have to get on a call, an hour and a half call with someone and justify why you went to the bar twice and spent God knows how much and why you ate, took ta you ate takeout like five days a week, most of, you know, like if you have to ex explain that to a financial coach that you're seeking help from because you're in financial strain, then it's like... Why the fuck, man? Like, you know. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the There's thing. There's no judgment, no, right? No, yeah. So that's, that's what I was going to say is that they don't have to justify it. Yeah. And they don't even have to explain it to me. So that's also the beauty of how we do this. Yeah. Which is that I just ask them one simple question every time. And we go through each one. And I ask them, how do you feel about this decision now? What we're trying to do is connect the future person, to which they're now, yeah. them, right? So what we're trying to do is connect their future selves with their current selves. Yeah. Right? So when they go make the decision, they think about their future selves. And at first, it's the, the fear of... And, and I don't tell people much about this. So it's the fear that they're going to have to explain it to me. But yeah. that's not what it's about. And then later on, it's going to be that they have to do this for themselves, right? Because this is a bona fide way <laughs> to change behavior. Yeah. Because it's painful if you see that you bought like a box of donuts three times a week and that cost you $50. Like if you actually look at that and you know what your values and your goals are and that doesn't coincide with them, mm. that creates pain. Yeah. And you're going to do one of two things in that case. You're going to change. You're going to alter your behavior. Maybe you're going to do one of three things. You're going to change, alter your behavior to you're going to realize you have different values than you thought you did and you're going to alter your values and say, okay, well, this was worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is okay too. Yeah, and this like is like actually food is a big value. We have yeah. this thing all the time, Alistair and I, because last time we went to Paris, 
I heard about this gluten-free vegan bakery and I was like, Alistair, we're going there. And we walked in. It was like six dollars for six euros for a tiny like puffball of sugar. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But I was like, dude, just shut up. Let me let I'm buying. Okay. Like this is my those are my values. I bring I ha I'm happy I don't live in Paris because I would be spending way more money than I want on this kind of crap. But it's like Food is such an important part of my life that I'm happy to do that. So then it's like owning to your, it's like self-responsibility. It's taking responsibility for your expenses and seeing, okay, does that align or not? If it doesn't, what do I do about it? That, exactly. And people are worried that like, we're going to go look at their expenses and it's about just being an ascetic. Oh yeah. yeah. It's not. Yeah. If, if you really care about that box of donuts or it brings you joy and maybe you're giving them to everyone else or whatever it is, yeah. we don't want to change that behavior. It has value. And the value is worth the expense. Mm -hmm. But we want to ask that question. Yeah. Is it really worth what you're spending? Yeah. And so this is why the how do you feel question is so good. So there's one other thing that might happen. So like we said, you might look at it and change your behavior if it's out of line. You might look at it and change and realize your values are different. Yeah. That brings it back in line too. And then there's a third one, which is that you don't do anything, which means you're not going to continue doing this habit. Yeah. You won't look at it because it's too painful to know you're living a life that's uh, that that's discordant. Yeah. So you'll just stop doing the habit. So that's why if that all you have to do, that, that's the simple thing about this. All you have to do is stick to the habit. Yeah. And things will change. Yeah. And you will feel better too because you know that you're making decisions because otherwise we don't we know we we know there's places we should be doing better but we don't even know where they are. And so this is a great exploration into what are your values. This is great because it's actually it's actually a self-discovery tool too, right? Yeah. Because your expenses is a ledger of your priorities, of your past priorities, and you have to look it in the face. And you you either have to decide I'm going to change my 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 actions because those are not my priorities. Or you have to say, those are my priorities and mm -hmm. I'm going to be okay with spending that. And this puts us much more in line with where we want to go, with our future, with who we are. We're just more whole in a way, more, yeah. more aligned. So this question, well, how do you feel? And it, so it comes back to, and really, how do you feel? Not what do you think? Yeah. How do you feel about it now? Yeah, yeah. And we're making that connection between, because now you're also having the experience of being that future self. And you're looking back at uh, a past version of you that made that choice. And so often your decisions look very different yeah. from that perspective, right? So we're trying to look at things from a different way because we know, we know there's been studies on this that if you show a picture, uh, a simulated, like a, a computer simulated picture of someone, of an older version of themselves, yeah, if just by seeing that, it affects their saving habits. Yeah. It affects how much they will save. So we know that if we associate, if we make a better connection, and, and basically that's what savings is, is that you're giving money to your future self. Mm. It's a transaction through time. Mm. So we're trying to really build that in on an experiential level. And that's what's really important about this. It's on an experiential level. It's about feelings. Yeah, yeah. And it's exploring that. And there's no judgment about it. I'm not judging you if you went to the bar. You probably had good reasons. And you don't need to explain that to me, yeah. right? I want to know how you feel about it now. Yeah. That's it. Going back to this moving your meter thing. One of, so we do this We do this in a literal way in, in the program. Mm -hmm. We move the meter. You're going to look at it every month. Yeah. But one of my clients actually took this even further, and I thought this was brilliant. She moved, she took her financial dashboard that we work on, mm -hmm. and they put it in their kitchen, like on their noteboard, where they look at it every day. Yeah. They literally moved the meter into the kitchen. Mm. And it works. They ended up, I, I, they ended up saving, so they ended up knocking $14,000 off their debt. Yeah. And saving $3,000. That's so si awesome. Since, since I worked with them. That's so It's awesome. incredible. Yeah. It, I was shocked when I heard that number. I was like blown away. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. You didn't even think that, like, you didn't even know that this program could have this impact. I wasn't really sure. What, I knew it had been powerful for me and I knew it had been powerful for other people, but I hadn't had like enough time to see what the effects like monetarily were. Yeah. And it blew me away. Yeah. It was amazing. So one of the things, so what we're offering on Patreon 
this this month yeah is actually a part of my program so in my program we move the meter partly by uh creating a dashboard a place where we look at our finances a place where we bring everything into one place and we can review it so it's basically a tool for helping us manage our money like a business would it's a it's a modified balance sheet and mm-hmm. a modified profit and loss and if you don't know what those are i'll explain them to you but uh on on the patreon because it's going to be a couple things there's one we're going to give you that worksheet that I give all my clients and all my clients use as part of their monthly check-in to see where to get a grasp on their whole financial situation. And this alone can improve your decision-making because you know what your financial situation is and reduce a lot of stress and anxiety because you know what your financial situation is. So it's a really powerful habit to have. And there's a good worksheet I have for, for how to do this. So, and this is what I teach my clients and I give it to them. I'm going to give it to you if you join us and become a patron on our Patreon page. And along with it, I'm going to share a uh, short tutorial about how to use it. And we're even going to throw in a PDF on 10 money habits that will help you build wealth faster. So yeah, that's the theme of January on our Patreon. So patreon.com slash the far out couple. If, uh, if any of this is resonating with you, we highly recommend you go over there and get those goodies because that can, will be so helpful. That dashboard, you gave it to me, like, I don't know, when we started going out and I've been using it since and it's really s- dead simple but so efficient. It's going to help you save time and energy around managing your money as well. Mm-hmm. And you can sign up at our lowest level, which is $3 a month, and yeah. you'll get access to all of that, plus last month's stuff. Plus which, the future stuff. Like yeah. basically that level gives you access to the exclusive patron content that we put out. So come on over. And the fifth and last mantra of this awesome program is live like no one else so you can live like yourself. Yeah. And this is kind of a a ripoff of uh, a money mantra people may have heard before, which is like, live like no one else so you can live like no one else. Yeah. I think it's better to live like no one else so you can live like yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. seems pretty yeah. straightforward. I think there. they're the same thing, but I like your I like your twist on it. Yeah. So and I say this early on when I work with people is I'm trying to teach you how to fish. I'm not trying to give you fish. Mm. I'd rather teach you how to fish because if you learn these habits and it's a practice, you're not gonna learn them in five you're you're not gonna learn them all in five weeks with me. You're gonna need to practice them. Mm-hmm. They are habits. And that's the power of it. It's that it's in the momentum you can build. If you get these to a point where they're automatic and where they're your default habits and where you're comfortable with it, right? Like last year, we started podcasting. At the beginning, it was uncomfortable. It's very uncertain. It took a lot of energy. Now it's a habit. We plan for it every week. It's part of our life. Mm. And and that's what's helped us produce weekly. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes for anything. If you build the habits around it, that's really what drives the activity. It's again, we're trying to get out of the willpower trap here and habits are a way you get out of that. If it's just part of your life, you can build momentum. And this, this program is about investing in yourself. It's about teaching yourself healthy habits and a healthy relationship with money that, that will benefit you your entire life. It'll benefit you as long as you use it. And that's important because Money, in a lot of ways, and this is the first thing we learn when you go to finance school, but money is really about time. Money and time go together. Time multiplies money. This is what we mean when we say that money compounds. Mm. Money compounds. And you do a lot in finance school, you do these equations, you do them by hand, and you, you do like time series of money. And basically, you get to see the math about how money compounds. And the way money compounds is that you build interest on your money. Maybe it's monthly, maybe it's yearly, whatever. Let's say you have a yearly interest rate of 8%. That would be great. Um, So you have that interest. So let's say you have $100 to start off with and you earn 8% interest on that over the year. Now you have $108. That next year, you earn 8% interest again. Well, you're not earning 8% interest on $100. You're earning it on 108. So you're actually earning more than the year before. And you didn't have to do anything. It was passive. What this starts to look like on a chart when you get too far enough is it becomes exponential. 
the money grows doesn't grow linearly. It doesn't grow just a little bit at a time because this is a it, it's a power sequence. Yeah. So it actually grows more and more every year, and it gets bigger and bigger. And it's that's what it means to to say it's compounding. Yeah. This is what we're talking about with momentum. Time is on your side with money. It goes the other way too. If you're in debt. It compounds in the opposite way. Mm. And you this is how people get buried under it. This is why debt is so toxic, so lethal, and you have to get out of it as fast as you can because it has this growing effect. And as long as you're in debt, you're spending more, so much energy just trying to fight the growth, mm. the natural growth of money. And what you really want to do is you need to flip it. You got to get it on the other side so that it starts growing for you instead of against you. So that's a really big part of it. Another part of it is that we're teaching you habits and we're teaching you habits that are going to affect your behavior and they're going to affect all your financial decisions. Yeah. The idea here is to kind of to really have it soak in to your whole life. We want it to touch everything. It's a comprehensive way that is going to affect how you make decisions about money everywhere. You can't hide. If you're going to go through this program, it's going to affect all your money decisions. And these decisions are cumulative. Mm. They're micro decisions. You're making these all the time. Today, you made some financial decision. I don't know. You probably made a lot. Yeah. And they're cumulative. And if you can change, you, if, if you can change your behavior on these decisions that are cumulative, 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 that $4 coffee you had today, probably like that's not a big deal in the scheme of things. And usually that's how we think about it. Oh, I'll have this $4 coffee today because... It's only $4. It's really not going to change things. Yeah. But the way to think about this is to multiply that $4 by however many coffees you'd have in a year. Because that that is a much more, this is going back to the more pain, more gain. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to have that $4 coffee three times a week and there's 52 uh, weeks in a year. Yeah. That's like, okay, let's just say it's, a, oh, it's around 150. It's 156 coffees at $4 a coffee. Uh I don't want to do the math on that. I'm going to do the math on that. That's like, this is around like six, $600, yeah. probably a bit more, right? And so that's how much that's costing you in a year. Yeah. $600. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty substantial. Now think about the fact that money compounds. And if you left that money in a bank account mm. that earned a certain amount of interest, we go back to your $100 example with 8% interest. Yeah. It's a high interest rate. But if you left that money somewhere with an interest rate like that for 10 years, you wouldn't hardly recognize the number. It would be so much bigger. Yeah. So so it's a double loss. You're you're spending the money at the time and it's like, oh, that's $600. But no, it's not. Because if it's parked for 10 years and if you spent it, what's the difference between putting it somewhere for 10 years? It's this, it feels the same that year, but it will be so much more in 10 years. So the 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 gap is way bigger than you think, especially if you're thinking, oh, it's only $4. I think this is this is so interesting to hear you say that because it really links back to that first mantra and that first session that you do with clients around uh, figuring out their why. Because if you don't have your why, you're not thinking about 10 years down the line. That's so far from now, you know? Like, yeah. I'd rather have the $4 coffee than imagine how much interest I could have had if I didn't have, you know? Like, that's just, that makes no sense. If you don't have your why, if you don't know why you're doing it. Um, you need to find something bigger than that $4 coffee. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I think what we're trying to say is, in the beginning, you need to live differently to get some money, right? And if you do that, money's a tool. Mm. And then you'll have the money to live differently. Hello, hello, hello. My name's Kelly, and I'm here to share a bit about my experience with Alistair. So last year, around the same time frame, I reached out to Alistair about joining his financial program. Now, it wasn't an easy ask. It actually took quite a bit of time for me to get to that point because it's an investment. And it was kind of hard for me to see that at first of putting money towards something in order to save money. It sounds a little counterintuitive, but I got sick and tired of feeling the same way of looking at my bank account and feeling so heavy knowing that I should probably be saving. I should have something else set up. I should be doing more and looking at kind of future goals instead of just having this one lump sum just kind of sitting there. You know, I had student loans and I was paying it off every month, but I had no system of knowing what I was even doing. It was more or less just throwing money at things and feeling like I was 
probably doing it right, but not really having any certainty there. So after starting with Alistair, he not only showed me different systems to complete a full monthly review that I still do till this day. So I've been doing it for 12 months strong now. The surprising thing that he showed me was really my mindset surrounding money and where that came from. It led me down a path of looking at where my financial views came from and why I make certain decisions and how I can start to change that. And that when you start changing the way that you look at your finances or the way that you look at your spending, that's where the real change begins to happen. And I can tell you right now, after a year of working through the systems that he helped me set up, I've tripled my savings and I paid off more than 15 grand last year in my student loans. And uh, that is huge, absolutely huge. So honestly, if there's anything you can do to kick off this new year for yourself, it will be doing this kind of program with him. Um, the only thing you're going to wish is that you did it sooner, honestly. So if you have any questions, please reach out. I'd love to talk about it. My experience was fantastic. So yeah, I think that's it for now. Toodles. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Money is a tough topic. So if you made it to the end of these two episodes. Applause. I... I just love talking about this with you, especially like at such a critical time as January. I think like this is a moment where there's a lot of momentum to change things. And uh, it's really cool to be giving these mantras to people so that they can think about their own way of dealing with money. Yeah. And if you'd like help implementing all five of these mantras in a systematic and effective way and now a proven way. And with like a partner that's yeah. I think that's a lot different than doing it on your own. Yeah. I think a big part of this is that I hold a safe space. That's that's what I try to do. A yeah. space where we can explore this together, where we can play, where there isn't judgment, where we just work together to explore what you want, try to achieve it. And that's really it. Uh, and so that, that kind of partnership aspect of it, yeah. I, I see, has been really powerful. So if you want help implementing this into a system that could last you a lifetime, and I think, personally, it's changed my life. Yeah. It took me about 10 years to figure out this program. Um, and, and it's had a massive effect on my life and it's had a really impressive effect on the people I've taught it to. And if you'd like that, uh, head on over to my website. It's www.alistairplanbeck.com. And if you don't know how to spell that, which no one does, you can uh, you can head on over to uh, our Instagram at the Far Out Couple and just follow the links in the bio. You'll get there. Yeah, or go to thefaroutpodcast.com. We'll put a link there. As well. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to get there, but if you do go to my website, it's under services. It's called the Mindful Money Manager Program. Yeah, just reach out in any form if you're interested, and I think you offer a 30 minute like call. Yes, yes, I offer a 30 minute call. It's free. There's no pressure to go through the program but we will explore your money situation and I will I will do my best to help you on that and I will also we will see if this is a good match for you because I only want to work with people where I'm going to save them money and I'm going to save them time mm. and the last thing I'll say about this is I have a lot of fun working with people on this program yeah, I do. really really enjoy it it's one of my favorite things that I do <laughs> yeah. it's so much fun I really, he lights up like a kid it's it's awesome it, it's just it's a lot of fun to work with people on this sometimes people like they've never had the chance to really explore yeah. their past with money or or they've never had someone to talk to about this stuff because we shame people about this and and no we never teach anyone about this yeah it's something I feel very called to um, it's 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 one of the ways I like to Give what I've learned, I think. Yeah. yeah. Ah, well, as a way to wrap up, we're going to make this quick. You know the drill for the Far Out podcast. What can you do? What can you do? I think now there's a fourth There's thing. a fourth one. So, so right. okay. So, number one, subscribe. If you're new here, we'd like to see you every week. It'd be great. All right. Just push that subscribe button. The number second two. one is share it with a friend or share it on your social media if you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode. Start a conversation. Us. We yeah. don't have enough conversations about money, and yeah. I really think these are healing 
conversations yeah, to have. Yeah, we're all in the same boat on this pretty yeah. much. So this is yeah. important. The Number third three. one is leave us a review. Like like Debbie. Like Debbie did. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, follow Debbie's example. Yeah, just leave us a crush. We'd love you for it. Yeah. And number four, if you really want to get involved in a, in a little bit more active way. Yeah, and if you want to have access to all of the exclusive contents we're putting out there, just... Head on over to patreon.com slash the far out couple and start supporting us. Yeah, become a patron. That's awesome. Yeah, we'd love that. All right, let's wrap it up. Toodles! Toodles! Toodles!